Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book, Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. We all know there's more to preparing for retirement than just saving enough. What steps are you taking to preserve what you've saved? Pat Struve covers some of the options for you to consider for your family. We are so glad you're here with us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struve. I'm Jen alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And Pat, this is going to be a great show today, talking a little bit about some of the different options that we want to consider. I hope all is well with you and your family and everything's going great. I am doing well. I will tell you, family-related, I'm a little tired because, uh, yeah, can I tell you about what happened? So last night, um, Gabby and Isla, they're eight and seven, Mm -hmm. and they love to just kind of have free reign and, you know, play with their toys and all these kinds of things. We're trying to get them into extracurriculars. So last (laughs) night, we had uh, Isla in gymnastics and then Gabby's first um, golf lesson. Oh, man. And uh, so it was pretty intense. We also had a church meeting. So let's just say it was back to back to back. And I'm a little tired, you know, dealing with the the girls and their emotions. And I tried to tell Gabby, like, every single swing is not going to be perfect in golf. I've been golfing a long time. (laughs) I have a lot of very unperfect swings. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I'll keep you posted on, you know, if she's going to be, you know, LPGA or or what's going to Oh, there you go. I mean, it could happen. It could happen. I I hear there could be a lot of um, college scholarships potentially, so... (laughs) And financial advisor thing. approved. You know, that's the thing with yeah, I would I would imagine that is financial advisor approved, but you know, the thing with all those extracurriculars, you just get yourself spread a little thin sometimes yeah. with kids and their activities. I'm sure a lot of our listeners, a lot of your clients can relate mm-hmm. to those days where you just you just feel a little bit stretched, but uh Yeah, you got to find a balance, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, there are so many lessons from parenthood. I feel like they just translate perfectly to some of the things that we talk about here on this show when you talk about spreading yourself too thin, uh, not really having a solid strategy for how you're going to handle stuff. Like you just said, finding a balance. There's an awful lot of lessons there. I feel like we could go so many different directions with that here on the show today. But one of the things I want to make sure that we talk about is, you know, it's, it's one thing to be saving and people come to see you and they've done a good job saving they've and you kind of put that on autopilot right you can just kind of build up those savings but the next really important step is figuring out what to do with that savings and preserving what we've saved after we've done all this work to build up that savings how do you talk to people about that yeah, this is a an idea Jen that, that for a long time in my career I didn't have a real set way to talk about it or a favorite way. And then I was reading one of my favorite, you know, kind of investment geek authors. Uh, his name is William Bernstein. And, and he has such a perfect way of looking at this. He says, basically all of us, for most of the time, our primary goal for saving is to try and be able to retire or have financial freedom or whatever you want to call it. And the goal is to make sure you have enough money that you never run out. No one wants to be poor when they're retired, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it, almost all of us all have three phases of saving and investing for that. Our first one, as you mentioned, is the accumulation. You're just building money. You're building money. You're putting money in your 401k. You're trying to earn as much as you can. And, you know, retirement's way down the road. So you don't even have to think a lot about it. So that's the first one. The third one is retirement. So when you're actually in retirement, then now your goal is totally different. Growth is nice, but as you mentioned, you have to preserve that money and it has to create income for you. And then the one that most of us don't really even think about is 
you don't flip a switch from going high growth to being safe. So for most of us, there's a middle transition time. And that's a lot of times it's very, he talks about it's by far the most difficult time because there is no perfect one way to do it. And that's when a lot of people hire someone like us to help them figure out how do I go from this, just deferring this money for retirement to actually figuring out how to turn that eventually mm. into income in retirement. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about income um, and, you, you know, we talked earlier about striking a balance, there are a few basic, I guess, goals that people have with their money. There's a couple different things we want our money to do. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about that as we talk about, you know, preserving our savings and figuring out income. Talk about what these basic categories are that people are generally looking for with their finances. Yeah, I always like to think of this. Like, just imagine a perfect investment, and you could even close your eyes now. If you're right. obviously if you're driving, don't, don't do, do that, that right? right? But if you're not driving, close your eyes and imagine you have your money in this magical place. It's perfect. Well, it would have three things, and most people can right away think of two things because they're opposites. One is it's completely safe, and you mm -hmm. know you never lose any money. And the other one is it gets this awesome rate of return, and you make this high gain every year. Right? We all would love to have both of those. Now, the third one, most people have a difficult time thinking of, Jen, but that is access to your money. Ah. And so the example I always use is, what if I told you something's totally safe and I guarantee you 10% a year every single year? Oh, but by the way, you can never touch the money. Mm. Well, that doesn't do yeah. you a whole lot of good, right? Yeah. And so, um, so having total safety, high return, and total access to your money. And of course, when I'm speaking, you know, I always say, do you know what the name of this perfect investment is? Everyone leans forward and I say, it doesn't exist. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's a bummer, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but those are the three things we want. And because there is nothing that provides all three of those, that's the whole idea behind that fancy word of diversification, not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that's the entire premise, really, of my second book, The Retirement Secret, that as you start to accumulate money, you can't have it all in one thing because there is nothing perfect. So then you need to divvy it up. And that's when investing gets complicated and it gets stressful and people worry about, do I have it in the right place? Do I have the right growth for me? Do I have the right safety for me? Do I have the right access to that money? And that's the beauty of what we call the retirement secret or you know, kind of the way we look at investing money. And that's one of the exact reasons why people hire us to help them figure out what those three things are, how to get the most of the ones that are most important to you. And if you're not sure if you have uh, someone helping guide you with those types of investment decisions, we would urge you call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. You can set up a 15-minute phone call or an in-person meeting with one of our retirement planners to help you take a look at where you're at in those three phases of investing for retirement and where you're at in those three categories that, uh, Jen, that you mentioned, the safety, the growth, and the access to your money. Uh, for listeners of the show, there's no cost and no obligation. To get started, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I'm Jen Rizak alongside. And even though you let us down by building up this whole perfect <laughs> investment and only to find out, gosh, it doesn't exist. But to your point, there are so many different options here, and there are a lot of different tools you can use for your retirement, depending on what those goals are that you have. And I want to tie this into something kind of timely. September is Life Insurance Awareness Month, Pat. So that's going on right now. And I want to share some stats with you. There are at least 102 million Americans living with a life insurance coverage gap. 42% of households would face financial hardship within six months if a wage earner died unexpectedly. And Pat, 25% of households would suffer financially within one month. So really concerning kind of a lack of planning here when it comes to the potential worst case scenario for families. It is. And, uh, you know, this is one of those things I, I always say, you know, in financers kind of, it's like football, there's offense and defense and offense right. is investing and everyone loves to talk about investing, but defense is protecting yourself and your loved ones. And that's not fun to talk about because you're talking about what if I die? Mm. Uh, but life insurance is an area of financial planning. And so, not everyone needs life insurance. Not everyone needs the same kind of life insurance. But, you know, when you're working with a planner that is looking at all the areas of your life, um, that's an example of what we do. We want to make sure that your loved ones are protected if something happens to you. Yeah, you absolutely do not want to overlook this. And sometimes you hear about specific tools in that world, you know, indexed universal life insurance, for example. Mm -hmm. That's one of those tools I've heard of and that there are some potential tax benefits there. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so a couple of the, you know, I, I think biggest tax experts in the country are um, David McKnight and Ed Slot. Uh, we had David McKnight on the show a while back, and he came and spoke to our clients. He talks about tax planning for your income and retirement, and he talks about diversifying out of having all your money in 401ks and IRAs. Uh, and there's a lot of tools for that. There's Roth IRAs, there's Roth 401ks, but life insurance is a way uh, it's protected in the tax code, and it's a way, if it's funded correctly, it needs to be done right. If it's funded correctly, you can actually put money in there and take tax-free income out of there later on. Obviously, there's a lot of steps to that. It's complicated, so that would require some discussion and make sure it's a good fit for you. And then Ed Slot is, some people call him the biggest tax planning guru in the country, and he talks about how uh, there used to be ways to set up retirement accounts like IRAs to pass on to the next generation, but most of those tax advantages have been wiped away by the SECURE Act and the second uh, 2.0 SECURE Act, I think is what they call it. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, if you have any interest in leaving anything behind, it's life insurance is the way to go because it is protected in the tax code in a way that retirement accounts aren't. So there's a lot of really a groundswell in the financial planning community to really kind of look holistically and see if there's a reason that you know life insurance might be beneficial. Even most of us think of it, of course, when we're younger, maybe we're married and have kids and have a mortgage and those types of things. Uh, but it's also possible that it could be beneficial when you are uh, leading up to retirement or in retirement as well. Right. And and talking a little bit about you know insurance options, also income, tax strategies, healthcare, investments, legacy planning. There are so many different pieces to consider and so many different things that go into a comprehensive retirement plan. And really, if you've been working with different financial professionals in all these areas, you, you might be spreading yourself a little thin, like we talked about earlier, Pat. It might be time to start talking to a retirement planner. Yeah, a lot of the people that we help, Jen, have done a great job of saving, and they know they need to think about taxes and strategies to preserve their income and creating an estate plan for their loved ones. When you work with someone who focuses on retirement, you can address all of those areas in one place. Our planners talk with you about some of the main risks of retirement, including taxes, risk in the stock market, inflation, and healthcare costs, strategies to help you reduce your taxes in the future and preserve your retirement savings, maintaining your current standard of living in retirement, even as costs continue to rise, and your legacy and inheritance goals for your loved ones and how those goals fit into your overall retirement strategy. It's all in one place under one roof. You want the different accounts, investments, and policies you own to work seamlessly together, and it doesn't have to happen by accident. Don't make financial decisions without understanding the full impact on all those other pieces of your retirement plan. The number to call, 803-9-RETIRE to learn more about the benefits of having a comprehensive retirement strategy and how you can put one in place for your future. 803-9-RETIRE is the number. Again, that's 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. John Farley here. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $31 trillion and climbing fast. The question is, how do we pay it off? The answer, increasing taxes. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in the future depends on a lot of things. The team at Preservation Specialists knows what to look for. Our advisors can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as it can be. Call 803-9-RETIRE to set up a visit with an advisor at Preservation Specialists. That's 803-9-RETIRE. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now, 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital Member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation Specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. Have a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at retirewithpat.com and record your question directly on the website. That's retirewithpat.com and click on radio. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books, Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And Pat, we are faced with questions 
each and every day, especially people who have young children at home, <laughs> right? When will we yes. be there? What's for dinner? What time is it? Can I, can I, can I, can I, right? Some of these questions, although they can be frustrating, they should be pretty easy to answer. But as we talk about retirement, which we do on this show each and every week, the questions start to get a little bit more complicated. But you know what it's like just being inundated with the questions from your girls, right? Come on. I do. I think that my, my favorite right now is, can I bring blank number oh. of toys when we go to blank? So we're yes. going to be we're going to be at, in church for an hour. Oh, can I bring five hundred and twelve dolls? <laughs> that seems excessive. No. You know, you don't need that many toys. I know. I know. I know the same thing. Or, or can I bring a friend? Can I do this? Can I do that? We all know the kinds of questions that parents and grandparents get to when you're helping out with the little ones. But. We are going to focus on the key questions that we should be asking as we are getting close to retirement. And I imagine there are quite a few that you hear over and over again, Pat. So talk a little bit about some of the questions that we do need to be asking if we're getting close to retirement. Yeah, I I think this is a really interesting idea for us to talk about this, Jen. Kind of what are the most important questions to be thinking about or answering about retirement? And as we thought about this, the ones we came up with are, when can I retire? Have I saved enough? Mm-hmm. Will my money last? Which I would say all three of those are kind of dancing around the same topic, yeah, right? Because yeah. they all kind of fit together. And then the fourth one is, will my loved ones be okay if something happens to me? And I'll add, Jen, over 25 years of experience now in you know focusing on retirement solutions for our clients. And it's usually not necessarily said in exactly those words, but when you stop and think about what all of us are concerned about with our money, with types of worries we have, it all kind of boils back down to all these things, right? Am I going to be right. okay? And are my loved ones going to be okay? That's what it all kind of comes back to. Right. I mean, that is just what gives you that confidence, that sense of comfort when you know that you have thought things through and put together some plans to help preserve what you've saved. So let's just go through these one at a time because to your point, they are all very similar. They all kind of get down to the same main issue. But that question, have I saved enough? I'm guessing that's one of the first questions people have because they come to you and they say, look, I put money in the 401k for this many years and we have this in the bank. Have we done enough? Have I saved enough? How do we find an answer to that? Yeah. So if you're thinking, have I saved enough to retire? And that's the question you're asking. Well, how can we answer that? Well, there's two pieces to that. Mm -hmm. The first one is, what do you want to accomplish? So if we say, when do you want to retire? The answer is yesterday. That's part of that answer, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other part that's often very difficult to answer is, how much income are you going to need? Because most of us aren't really thinking that way, right? We're trying to negotiate the highest salary we can or something like that. So that's oftentimes for a lot of people, that's the hardest thing to talk about is trying to talk through. So we can kind of help our team kind of help you walk through that. Think about what are the expenses, major expenses we're going to have in retirement? What kind of lifestyle do I want? And those kinds of things. And then we just kind of get a starting point there. So that's one side of the equation. The other side then, of course, is what are all the resources that you have? And that's not just, you know, what do you have in your 401k? That's anything that could help you financially. So that's going to be things like your social security benefits. um, If you have any pension benefits, any type of savings or investment, we need to know about, you know, any debts that you have as well. And then all those things on the side, you know, different types of insurance, which could have benefits to it or could have costs in retirement. And so that's where our team specializes in taking all of that information and running different scenarios. And that's where we can kind of tell you, hey, you've saved enough and you can retire when you want to. Or if you haven't saved enough, then we can kind of give you, okay, how do we bridge that gap? You know, depending on do you want to change your lifestyle goals? Do you want to work longer to be able to do more? Do you want to invest differently? You know, tax strategies, all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of different pieces there, but that's really kind of the starting point is just seeing where you're at right now and then helping you figure out how to get there in the way that fits best for you. So when we're talking a little bit about those questions, have I saved enough? And I I know the next determination is how do we get income from that? But how many sources of income do people typically have in retirement? During our working years, we have the one job and the one paycheck coming in, Mm -hmm. maybe a a dual income family. Mm -hmm. But how many sources of income do people have in retirement? 
Yeah, I think um, you know this idea of where is income coming from in retirement might be one of the things that is scariest to people, Jen, because we have a lot of clients that are very sophisticated, intelligent people, and they're kind of just thinking, how do I take all this stuff and turn it into retirement? You know, because mm-hmm. you've never done it before, so it's a strange thing to think about. And take a typical married couple; they generally have one or two sources of income uh, as far as you know salaries. I guess some people might have rental real estate or something like that. That's pretty not the typical situation. And yeah, what's interesting is I would say, Jen, the average married couple in retirement, they may have four or five, six sources of income because eventually both people are going to have some type of social security benefits. Uh, Some people still have a pension, believe it or not. Um, And then most people aren't going to have their entire life savings in one account. Uh, They're going to have that divvied up and diversified. So you may have two social security deposits coming in. Let's say we have one pension and then maybe you've got a couple different IRAs you're taking money out of and maybe a brokerage account or things like that. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out how do we take all of that stuff and create a retirement income with it. And that's why, you know, we always talk about what most people need. The foundation to retirement is a written retirement income plan. And so one of the things we offer to listeners of the show is a retirement income analysis. So that's an opportunity to kind of look at all the stuff you have right now and help you figure out how you're going to lay that all out to create that retirement that you're looking for. So if you'd like to take advantage of that retirement income analysis, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. There's no cost and no obligation for listeners of the show. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rizak alongside Pat, talking about some of the key questions people have as they prepare for retirement. And I know I, I skipped this one because I jumped right to have I saved enough, but one of those first questions that we also talked about is, when can I retire? When can I actually do this? Talk a little bit about helping somebody figure out that retirement date, especially like a, a realistic timeline for them to begin their retirement. Yeah, you know, when we're able to retire is kind of fascinating, Jen, because it incorporates not only the factor of when will I be financially free as far as do I have enough saved to last the rest of my life? That's only one component of it, right? You have how much you're enjoying or not enjoying your job. (laughs) You have, you know, the various lifestyle things you want to do in retirement. Then in a married couple, you have the factor of each of the two people, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times people aren't the same age. So if both people say, I want to work till I'm 62, well, okay, how do you manage that if you're three years apart? You know what I mean? Is one person Mm -hmm. retiring before the other? Do you match that up? So you have those factors. And then the other thing to think about, and I I don't think a lot of people think into this much detail, but we realize as we're running projections for people, let's say someone comes in and says, I want to retire between 62 and 65. Well, if you retire at 62, not only do you have three less years of savings to accumulate, but now you have three more years of income you have to factor in. So it kind of compounds that difference. So it really is kind of, I guess, fun for us, Jen, to kind of talk through that with people. And then what we're often doing is kind of helping them prioritize. Would you rather have more fun money in retirement, would you rather have more of a slush fund or would you rather prioritize, I got to get out of this job and I need to retire as quickly as possible. So those are the (laughs) kinds of things that change from individual to individual. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to this idea, Pat, of figuring out if we can afford this, we need to know what our current lifestyle costs first so we know what it costs to continue that lifestyle in retirement. That's another part of this. Talk a little bit about that. How do you help somebody get started on developing that budget for retirement, especially if it's so important for them to be able to do the same kinds of things in retirement that they've been doing during their working years? Yeah, the, uh, you know, we, we call it a spending plan. And I think that when you're looking at retirement, we always say in the first meeting, the hardest question I'm ever going to ask you is, do you have an idea of how much you will want coming in every month uh, to, to be able to enjoy retirement? And I would say the vast majority of people either have absolutely no idea or they can kind of throw a dollar amount out as a educated guess or a range. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we do have the detail-oriented type person that comes in with a spreadsheet and you know has that down to the penny, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but I rest assured, if you're not that person, you don't have to have that much detail to start putting together a retirement plan. So what we can do is we can look at what's your income right now and you know how much you're spending right now and then of course you know because we've done this so many times with so many clients we know if you look at your total income right now and you think well how am i going to retire on half of that well keep in mind you're probably in a higher tax bracket now. You're probably putting money into things like 401ks that you're not going to have those expenses anymore. So when you start backing all those things out, it starts to look more more possible. And that's, sure. I think, part of what we try to help people with is to make them realize it's not as daunting as they may be fearing. 
And that is always reassuring for people to hear. Talk a little bit about walking people through this process, starting with things like the budget, some of the more basic things, along with a little bit more intricate planning, more long-term planning. We have to plan a lot if we're talking about 30, 40 years in retirement. Just walk us through this process for what this looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly for most people, there's the possibility of an extremely long retirement. And so the main thing I would share is if you're open to working with someone who does this for a living, you don't have to worry about most of those details (laughs) because that's what we do. We help you take kind of what you're trying to accomplish, which is the kind of spending plan you're looking for in the timeline. And then we take all your resources that are going to help accomplish that. And we put that all together and let you see where you stand. And I think for most people, there's tremendous value in that because now they have a kind of a jumping off point. And uh, that's really where we want to get you. And that's why we talk about that five-step retirement review that we offer to our listeners at no cost and no obligation, because that's the great thing about it is it gets you that starting point to then determine where do I go from here. So to take advantage of that offer, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, there's no cost and no obligation if you call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Having enough money to retire is one thing. Making sure it will last as long as you live, that's a whole other conversation. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. Stay with us. To get a portfolio review with no cost or obligation from the team at Preservation Specialists, call right now at 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and today we're talking about some of the key questions that you need to be asking and trying to figure out answers to as you are preparing for retirement. And Pat, of course, a lot of this relates to our income in retirement. Have I saved enough? Am I using the right strategies? But here's the thing. Saving for retirement is one thing, right? It's a whole different ballgame when you are looking at strategies to help make sure that your money will last because you don't know how long you might live in retirement. So Pat, once we feel like we've done a pretty good job with the saving, how do we help ensure that we won't run out when the time comes to start dipping into that savings in retirement? Yeah, Jen, this is really a huge question, maybe one of the biggest questions we can ever address on this topic, which is, I've saved for retirement. How do I make sure I don't ever outlive my savings? And this is where you really need to stop and think. I would urge you to stop and think about what is your philosophy when it comes to handling your money in retirement? What I mean by that is, you know, in my last book, The Retirement Secret, one of the things I talk about is there's no such thing as an unbiased financial professional. And what I mean by that is we all normally think of the word bias as always being negative, but that's not really the case. What I mean is if you work with someone at a brokerage company, they're going to have a bias and they're going to like stocks and bonds and they're usually going to dislike things like bank accounts and annuities and things like that. If you work with an insurance broker, they're going to like annuities and life insurance and they're not going to like stocks and bonds and things like that. And so first of all, you need to understand what your preference is and maybe do a little research or talk to some professionals And then because the bias of the person you're dealing with, unless you're handling it on your own, then you have to decide for yourself, is going to be really important. So the example that we use is we have structured ourselves as independent so we can use any type of investments out there. We can use stocks and bonds. We can use annuities. We can use bank accounts. We can use dividend-paying investments and things like that. Mm -hmm. But even a bigger picture, what a lot of professionals might say, Jen, is, well, if you accumulate your money for retirement and then you take 4% a year off of it, in our industry, we call that the 4% rule. So let's say you saved a million bucks, you can take $40,000 a year, and you have about an 80 to 90% chance of not running out of money. And maybe when you hear that, if you're an optimistic person, you say, oh, 89%, that sounds pretty good. But I mm-hmm. bet there's other people, Jen, that are thinking, wait, there's a 10 <laughs> or 20% <laughs> chance? Okay, that doesn't sound so good, right? Right, right? And, you know, of course, the person teasing might say, well, if you were flying cross-country and they said we have an 80 to 90% success rate, you wouldn't feel so good about that, right? You would not. That, right? wouldn't like that. Yeah. And so our philosophy is different. We don't follow the 4% rule. We believe that you can have money in all of those different areas, but we do not count on risk investments like the stock market for our clients income. What we do is we set up an income plan and we have places that we know we can count on like social security, like pensions, uh, like annuities with lifetime income guarantees. And then we have 
other investments that have things like steady dividends and things like that, we are not going to be forced to sell assets when they're down to create your income. And when the markets are booming and everything's going fine, then that doesn't really matter. But when you have situations like COVID, Jen, when the market drops 33% in 33 days, um, we did not have any clients panicking about their retirement income. They didn't think they had to reduce their income by 33% because they knew we had coached them through. We have a plan. And even though you may have some money in the market, we don't have to worry about that because we're not mm-hmm. dependent on it right now. And we just feel, Jen, no one can say they have the one perfect way to do it. Uh, <laughs> but you really want to get in tune. If you're going to work with a professional, you want to make sure that your philosophy agrees with theirs. And we just believe ours creates that. You know, we talk about, of course, preservation uh, is what we specialize in as a company. We talk about trying to protect your retirement. And so we just believe that that's a philosophical approach. And so many of our clients really like that. And so that's what we've had for many years. And that's what we continue to work with. Right, right. And Pat, let's talk a little bit about, you know, aside from being confident that we've saved enough and and thinking about risks like longevity, making sure that we don't outlive our savings, just talk about some of the other risks that we could be exposed to when it comes to what's going on with our savings, especially if we do live a long time. There's a lot of different things that can eat into that savings over a number of years in retirement. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that question, Jen, is if we live longer and longer, what it's really doing is just compounding all the risks that are out there. And I was reading, I think it was David McKnight, a best-selling author. We had come speak to our clients a few years back, and uh, he was talking about how inflation and longevity are really compounding risks because – If you don't have a lot of longevity, then that's not a concern. If you have a little bit of inflation over a year or two, that's not a concern. But when you combine them together, if you have prices going up by 3 or 4 or 5% a year and you live 20, 30, 40 years, you can start to realize that's a snowball effect. And so those two things are certainly major risks. I would say nursing care costs certainly increases. The risk of those out-of-pocket expenses Mm -hmm. increases with a long retirement. And then, of course, the longer you live – depending on how you decide to allocate your nest egg in retirement, then you know the risk of a major stock market crash or something like that is going to be a big issue as well. So those are the first ones that come to mind for me. Right. And Pat, you know, you think about also things like healthcare costs and long-term care. There's just a lot to be thinking about here. One of the final big questions, we've been talking today about some of the big questions that people have, and one of the final ones that I, I would like to spend a little time on Will my loved ones be okay if something happens to me? How do you help clients go through and prepare for different scenarios from a financial standpoint for for all the different things as far as making sure that their family, their loved ones will be provided for and they'll be okay? Yeah, this is a topic, Jen, you know, protecting your loved ones. I found that it often takes time for us digging through questions to get to this because it's often an unspoken goal. And a lot of times people, you know, it's kind of weird to come out and say that, I guess, for some reason. I don't know, because guys are macho or I don't know what it is. But uh, (laughs) it's a tough thing to think about. It's it's yeah, I think that's I think you're right. I think that's probably a big part of it. But the um, we've had husbands hire us. Their primary goal is just to make sure their wife has somebody in mm-hmm. case they pass away or unable to handle the finances because they've been doing it for their family for so long. So that's an example of one way people protect their loved ones. But yeah, I mean, when you stop and think about it, it's not fun to think about what happens if I am incapacitated or disabled or if I pass away. Take a spouse example. How are they going to be? Are they going to be all right? And so those are uh, one of the biggest things that we think needs to be planned for. And most people think of estate planning is if you're married, what happens after both of us are gone? Does the money divvy to the kids or, or what, you know, having a will or a trust or things like that? But I think of the number one primary thing of an estate plan is what happens if one spouse passes away or is ill for a long time? How do we make sure that surviving spouse is protected? Mm-hmm. And so there's all kinds of pieces that go into it. We need to make sure that their income is protected. Taxes are a really big deal because what most people don't think about is you have married, the married um, tax bracket is much higher than an individual. So that's kind of a painful, increased taxes is a painful penalty to a widow if their spouse passes away. And then kind of circling back to that first thing I mentioned, Jen, in most families, one person is the primary person for the finances because it'd be silly for both people to be you know, doing everything all sure, at the same time. Right, it's, it, right. it's a, it really doesn't make any sense. But how do you make sure that that surviving spouse 
even knows what to do. And, you know, we've had a lot of, unfortunately, over the years, we've had clients pass away and that's a very difficult time. And so we're able to step in and, and help that surviving spouse, you know, understand where the income is coming from, making sure they have enough um, and that they don't have to worry about running out of money. Right. And, and because that is such a big concern for so many people. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought up something like the legacy planning aspect of that, because so many times, Pat, people make assumptions there and they say, oh, this is only for the, the ultra wealthy. I don't have an estate. I don't mm. need an, you know, they, they have those kinds of thoughts. But what do you say to that when people say, my family doesn't have that status. We don't need to think about the legacy plan. What, what do you say to that? That's so well said, Jen. It's easy for someone to say estate planning is for rich people. And a couple of thoughts I would have on that. One is our world has just gotten much more complicated. Um, if you think about it, in, during the 25 years that I've been a retirement planner, 25 years ago, it was very common for a married couple to each have a will, and it was maybe two pages long. <laughs> it was yeah, so simple. Right. And then that was it. That was the estate plan. Well, now, because of how complicated our lives have gotten, most attorneys will recommend each person have a will. Uh, they each need to have a power of attorney for their finances so that if you know if one person passes away, the other person can handle accounts. Each person needs to have a power of attorney for health care mm -hmm. uh, because you can sign off on getting the care you want. Each person needs to have a, a living will or a final directive for all of those decisions that weren't really things that anyone talked about 25 years ago. They may recommend a trust depending on your situation. So it gets complicated much faster these days. So you don't have to be wealthy to need an estate plan. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't need millions of dollars to realize the fact that whatever it is that you have, you've worked your whole life for it. And so, you know, the main thing we want to do is figure out how do we help you protect it in the best way possible. And maybe that can be done in a fairly, you know, simple approach. But for a lot of the time, there's a lot to think about. You know, you have those legal documents, but then if you have any kind of nest egg at all, you've got your ownership and beneficiaries that you need to make sure all of those things fit together. So it really is just trying to create a cohesive plan. So all those different parts are working together for you. Pat, walk us through the main components of that cohesive, that comprehensive plan. Walk us through what this looks like, because so many times we have all the different pieces, but we don't necessarily have them together in an actual plan. And I think sometimes people are, are kind of missing that last piece that brings it all together. Yeah. So if someone actually ends up hiring us, Jen, we build for them what we call our custom built retirement plan because it is individualized specifically for them. Each one of those plans is going to have five complete areas. The first three really, really go hand in hand. Uh, you have an income plan. So we know where all your income is coming from in retirement and it's keeping up with, you know, the cost of living as things get more expensive. We have an investment plan because for most of us, we need to generate some of our retirement income off of our nest egg. Uh, so that's designed to support that. And then we also have to have a tax plan because, of course, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And so we want to help you figure out how to get in the lowest possible tax bracket as possible, especially if those tax brackets are increasing during your retirement. And then the other two are going to be your health care and insurance plan, trying to do our best to minimize out-of-pocket costs. And then as we were just talking about your estate and your legacy plan, the bottom line is trying to protect your loved ones. So all five of those fit together. The first step to building a plan like that is a five-step retirement review. We offer that to listeners of the show at no cost and no obligation by calling 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, to get started, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. The most complicated part of Medicare is the Part D prescription program because it's different than previous insurances you've had. So here's what you need to know. First, I encourage you to take a few minutes to understand how these plans work. You've heard terms like donut hole or catastrophic level. You need to understand what these terms mean. Chapter 7 of my book explains this, but you can go online to learn about these plans also. You must check to see if the plan covers your medications and what they cost. You can do this by going to Medicare.gov and use their plan finder tool to search for the best plan based on your medications. This is especially important if you take expensive brand name medications. You can change plans yearly if you like between October 15th until December 7th. Lastly, the pharmacy you use can impact your costs. Plans will have preferred pharmacies that offer lower copayments. Make sure to check to see which pharmacy would be best for you. 
please take some time to understand your Medicare options. Medicare, properly designed, will be the best insurance you ever had. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now, 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rezac alongside, and we are now in our save your retirement time machine from time to time pat we like to do this we go back and we we visit a year in our recent past sometimes a little bit further back than others um, and just kind of explore some of the financial conditions and some of the lessons that we can take from taking a look at another period in time so without further ado pat i take you back to the year 2000 here we go Freaking out at Times Square. That's right. I have to ask, because you remember probably all the hubbub and the the concern and all the things about Y2K. I feel like that is one of the years that everybody remembers where they were on New Year's Eve that year. Absolutely. I was working as a financial advisor at that time. I had not started preservation specialists yet, but there was mass panic and fear over, number one, Will our offices work? Will we be able to unlock the doors? Will will our computers work? And then number two, how does that affect the stock market? Right. And will everyone yeah. lose lose their retirement? And that was crazy. Well, Y2K yeah. sounds ridiculous to people now, I think. <laughs> I know. But it was really scary. Yeah. Did you just, when the lights stayed on after midnight and you checked your computer and everything was fine, was it just like, whoo, now let's hit some more champagne. Let's celebrate. We're okay. Probably. That's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was in my 20s. So, yeah. Was... I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? There you go. Uh, yeah. I certainly remember remember that I think a lot of people uh, certainly remember where they were that year because it was a really scary time so many headlines also Chad was the word of the year remember the hanging chads from the <laughs> 2000 paper ballots oh my goodness uh, the very first episode of Survivor hit the airways we'll talk about that in a minute one of the greatest films of all time Gladiator <laughs> aired I cannot even I love that movie so much and uh, Aaron Brockovich was another Big, uh, big hit. So that's a little pop culture rundown wow. for you for the year 2000. Do you feel like you're there again? Back to <sighs> back to the year 2000. Those are some pretty big names Goodness. too. Like Survivor's probably still on now. I think maybe like, that thing has lasted forever. It's crazy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And Russell Crowe, Gladiator will never die. Just never. <laughs> it's a classic. It's my favorite movie of all time. And I'm just gonna have to move on from it because I don't need to spend any more time on that. But anyway. A quick look at financial figures from the year 2000. Median home value was about $120,000. The Dow ended the year at (laughs) 10,729. I mean, let's talk about that for just a second. How far we've come and like the types of numbers we see on Wall Street today versus, you know, getting close to 25 years ago. Yeah. And you think about, you know, obviously the Dow is, you know, well above 30,000 now. And so this is one of those human nature things that fascinates me, Jen. If I told you at Y2K, the Dow would be, you know, more than triple that, you know, 23 years down the road, you say, great, like, I'll just put my money there. But there's been two times it has literally crashed in half since then. And that's not even counting the COVID crash where it dropped 33% in 33 days. And that's why I never want to say the stock market's bad. However, when people gloss over the absolute fear that it causes and, mm-hmm. and you know it, it affects people emotionally to have to ride through those that's the thing about the Dow Jones and the stock market yeah. it's just crazy to think about over time yeah and you know we touched on a little bit ago some of the uncertainty that people felt with Y2K and some of the other financial conditions that were going on back then 
the dot-com bubble really inflated and then it burst in a matter of months. It ended up not being a great year for the stock market. Talk about some of the lessons there from that dot-com bubble and the cycle that happened there because I mean I, I know we've seen we've seen some pretty big cycles in recent years also, but certainly that's one I, I'm guessing a lot of people remember that kind of meltdown. Yeah, I graduated from Purdue in 96 and went right into uh, financial advisory. I was very blessed to, as a 22-year-old idiot, just stumble <laughs> into, you know, what I mean, think about it. Did 22, you put that on your business cards, I, it was It was on my resumes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyone at 22, you know what I mean? I you know. know what, what do you I really do. know? I know. <laughs> and um, I thought I knew things, but I didn't really know things. And um I mean, so fortunate to just stumble into what I love to do that I've been doing for my whole adult life. I mean, you know, that was 96. And then the dot-com bubble was four years later. And I've, I've said this kind of jokingly to people, but I'm, I'm serious. You know, thankfully, most of my clients were like me at the time and had, you know, $2,000 in an IRA because I didn't know what to do with when the dot-com bubble happened. You know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. all these, oh, yeah. the markets were going up 20 or 30% a year. Everyone was saying Warren Buffett was an old, washed-up idiot, didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> and then, so you're thinking, and everyone's thinking, well, everyone else is making 30% a year. Am I crazy? How am I missing out on this? And of course, you know, the market crashes, and then it rebounds, and it's going up, up, up again. And then all of a sudden, now in 2007, 2008, now the market's way up. Houses are going way up in value, and you're saying, wow, am I an idiot? I'm not making 30% a year. And then the housing market crashes, and the market crashes, and then Bitcoin comes along, and it starts going way up. And everyone says, oh, am I an idiot? I'm not putting all my money in Bitcoin. And so we just have this, the fear and greed we have as human beings, it will never, ever, ever go away, Jen. And it goes all the way back to the tulip thing yes. in, uh, you know, all in Europe, and I read about uh, the Gravity Guy, um, Isaac. Uh, oh, what's his Isaac name? Newton. Isaac Newton. He lost all his money in tulips. Yes, he lost, the, he lost all his money. Yes. So we all it doesn't. Crash, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how smart we are. It happens, and so you have to have guidelines. You have to have rules, and a lot of times people say, "Hey, I'm smart enough to invest my own money, but I realize emotionally, I just need a professional." to help me protect me from myself, you know, because yeah. it's just really hard to deal with those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. And just a, a little trivia. I looked it up while you were talking. Tulip Mania, 1636 to 1637 was when uh, mm. that that uh, whole market, I guess, kind of bottomed out. So definitely different from the dot-com <laughs> bubble, but also some parallels Similar, there. too. <laughs> kind of similar. That's right. All right, so we talked at the beginning about one of the pop culture uh, icons from the year 2000 was Survivor. 51 million people watched the first season finale of Survivor, and I don't know, I, I do kind of remember this. Richard Hatch was the first <laughs> winner, and so yes. this is year 2000. He won a million dollars back mm -hmm. in the year 2000, so I don't know what that is in today's money, but it's more, so that's great for him. <laughs> But he was later found guilty of tax evasion because he wins that million-dollar prize. He doesn't pay taxes on the prize money, and he ended up actually serving time in prison. And the whole thing prompted host Jeff Probst, he's the host of Survivor, to offer this advice to later contestants in the show. I have one piece of advice. Tax pay your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fallout from that, but uh, th this is going to, of course, take us into a conversation about not overlooking our taxes. If we are a game show winner, if we are in retirement, do not <laughs> overlook your taxes, right? Yes. And I think, you know, there's bad news and there's good news. So the bad news is our entire system of retirement has changed. And you and I talk about this all the time, but over the last generation or two, and you don't retire in the rocking chair with Social Security and a pension and put your feet up and relax. You have to manage your money now for almost all of us. You have right. to have a nest egg. You have to create income out of that. And the second bad part about that is we are pushed to put all of that money into 401ks and IRAs where we are, guess what, deferring our taxes. Well, that's a huge problem because we have a massive debt as a country, and every single expert believes tax rates are going up. So we well, that's a really big problem. Now, the good news is when you retire, you have complete control over how you create your income in retirement. So if you have um, the knowledge and the planning and the guidance, you can take all those pieces of 
benefits that you have, the social security benefits you've saved up, any pension benefits, 401k, do you have a Roth IRA, do you have savings, all of these things. And we can create a way, we can strategize how to minimize the taxes that you pay in retirement, how to keep you from going into a higher tax bracket. And so it's a really big problem, but there are solutions to it. And so those are the kind of the two sides of the coin that I always want to make sure to mention. Yeah, we, we just do not want to overlook this, and, and it can be easy to do. And, and I think so many of us, Pat, can be guilty of that sin of procrastination in so many different areas. But when you look at some of the opportunities that exist today uh, on possibly reducing our taxes, it's just something that we don't want to be procrastinating on. We don't want to be... <laughs> We don't want to be putting this off. Here's something else from the financial world. Going back a little bit further, Pat, the 4% rule, this was published back in the 90s. So by by the year 2000, it was pretty common. People had, had heard a lot about it. You think about some of those different rules of thumb. But let's talk about what things like that look like now in today's economy. You look at some of these uh, rules of thumb that were established back in the, the 90s and the 2000s or even earlier than that. You look at the the economy for today and and the way that the math might run out for today. How do we figure out some of the ways to take money out of our retirement savings without overdoing it, you know, relying on some of these kind of outdated retirement planning rules? Yeah, so this is something when you are kind of studying, doing your financial planning coursework, um, the four percent rule is kind of a, just it's a huge deal, and the the reason it came up was because literally before the '90s, no one was really talking about retirement planning. Sure. You know, you think about someone retiring in you know 1970 or 1980, they probably just had social security and a pension, and mm-hmm. maybe they had some stocks that they had saved or accumulated or something like that. So all of a sudden, the pensions are disappearing. People are having to retire with a nest egg. So this planner, just a regular regular guy, you know, like a Pat Struby, uh, but he's a little more famous than I am, maybe. And uh, oh, he now. said he ran a bunch of you know spreadsheets. This is 1994, and he says, if someone's retiring at 65 and they take four percent a year out of their nest egg, so if they've saved a million bucks, they can take forty thousand dollars a year. Which, by the way, for people who haven't heard this before, they are very saddened by that, Jen, mm. because it sounds like so little. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you you work so hard, that's all you can take. Right, exactly. But but he says he said back then, if you did that, if you lived for 30 years to age 95, which was a normal time frame at that point, you had a 95% chance of success. Mm-hmm. And so everyone thought, oh, that's that's kind of cool. That's pretty interesting. Well, as we've gotten a lot more sophisticated, our computers are a little more you know powerful than 1994 now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier. We don't have dial-up internet, so we can actually like <laughs> communicate with people around the world. What people, the gurus, the, the real retirement geniuses that have studied this have said now that the chances of that failure is not 5%, it's 50%, 5-0. And that's only for 30 years, if you keep in mind. So if you're retiring at 60, that's only saying you have a coin flip's chance to make it to 90. And of course, we don't know if we're going to live to 90 or 95 or 100. So our whole thing is, uh, William Bengen was the gentleman who came up with that idea. And we just feel like it's really, really important that people understand that you know, you need to have a plan for how to take your income in retirement and just throwing it into the stocks and bonds and taking money out every month and hoping that it works out. It might, but are you really willing to take that risk? And that's why we believe having a comprehensive plan for retirement, having a written retirement income plan that ties into your investment plan is absolutely priceless. And we think that gives you peace of mind rather than just hoping everything works out. So if you don't have a retirement income plan, if you're not sure how you're going to take money off your nest egg, I would urge you to call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Uh, we'll sit down with uh, listeners of our show at no cost and no obligation with one of our retirement planners. To get started, call 803-9-RETIRE. This has been Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Remember that number, 803-9-RETIRE. And be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Pat. We'll talk to you then. Have a great week. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.